This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This is Six Rings. The dynasty continues. And football things. The X, the Z, vertical routes. I love football, man. With your host, Andy Hart. Well, Andy Hart is a football genius. I'm not going to pretend I sit down and watch the All-22. Next question, Andy Hart, please. Nick Fitzy Stevens. Is that Fitzy with you this morning? Absolutely not, Fitzy. This just in, I'm dead inside. And Chris Shine. Derek Carr, however, is a guy... I would ride tonight. I think Matt Patricia's a boob. Back to the Six Rings podcast. I'm Andy Hart, and we are coming off, yes, a Patriots victory. Finally, the Patriots have a win for about the first time, and I'm going to say, and this may be extreme, and Fitzy may be pushing back, first time in about eight months, I think Patriot Nation feels pretty good. As a matter of fact, Andy, uh, as we noted on the Six Rings postgame show Sunday, that was the first dub. Not of 2022, because they did defeat the Jacksonville Jaguars and interim coach Daryl Bevel uh, back on January 2nd. So it had been 259 days since they had last experienced the sweet taste of victory. Anyway, 17-14 win at Acrisure. Sure, I'll call it that. I prefer to call it Heinz Field, but it's Acrisure. Patriots beat Mitch Trubisky, Mike Tomlin, and the Steelers, who were a lot like them. A borderline playoff team a year ago that got their doors blown off when they actually were in the postseason. Now the Steelers are in the transitional post-Hall of Fame QB era, much like the Patriots are, just a little bit ahead of them in the pace. And Chris Scheim, we are going to do something that I know you're going to love at least one aspect of. But I texted you guys earlier as we were doing a little show prep, and I said I wanted each of us to present a big-picture, long-term, positive and negative takeaway from the Patriots' win in Pittsburgh to pull to 1-1 one and one on the young season. And I'm going to start things off, and I am going to be positive. Mm. I think. I'm going to stick with the offensive side of the football, where we know we've been talking offense for... Forever. Foxborough forever, it seems like. Josh McDaniels left, and all we've talked about is personnel and coaching. And I deemed one aspect of the offense a house of cards in the offseason. And then last week, and in the end of the preseason, I said, well, maybe I was premature. Maybe they're not even a house of cards. Good news is, ladies and gentlemen, the offensive line is back to house of cards status. The five starters, including Trent Brown, Cole Strange, who our friend Fitzy posted a story That was a little overly uh, gushing about on WEEI.com, but that Cole Strange is good. He's coming off a good game. I wouldn't want you to say something nice about it. Thank you so much. The offensive line and the ground game has stamped themselves as what I think we all hoped they might be, and that's the foundation upon which the offense can build. 
I'm not saying it's good enough. I'm not, you know, jumping on any freaking duck boat or Fitzy tour bus here. I'm just telling you, after week one, I was wondering what the hell the offense was going to do, whether it was throw, run, protect, offensive line. I was questioning everything. A week later, I saw a five-man offensive line that admittedly went back to some of their more traditional run plays at times. I don't really care. Scheme it however the F you want to scheme it. Just get five guys out there that block and use Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson, who had about a buck 20 between them. They're averaging five yards a carry, basically. You now have a foundation to build upon, and that's your offensive line and your two-headed running back attack. Positive, you, have, baby. you have gotten some very good guard play, not only out of Cole Strange, who I made a point of putting a piece out there about, because it's fun for the Belichick can't draft crowd and all of us who may need to be given a sliver, if not a full slice of humble pie, because we decried it as the worst pick of this year's draft or potentially the most controversial one of the Belichick era. So far, kids grading out pretty good, and he did a nice job against Cam Hayward on Sunday, though he didn't see him every rep. He still did a nice job, especially on that running back closer by committee drive. Andy, I'd like yep, to yes and I'd right? like to yes and you here and give you some props on that. I agree. The run game and the offensive line have been the biggest strength thus far. I got this from Mark Daniels a little while ago. Mac Jones has been sacked 2.99% of his dropbacks. Fourth best mark in the NFL so far. It is a small sample size only through two games. So uh, that's not bad, all things considered, even though he seems at times to still move about as if like he's kind of harried or doesn't know exactly where he always wants to go with the ball. But there's no denying the fact that it's the offensive line and just the run game in general. We were saying closer by committee. That's a death knell in baseball. If you have multiple closers, you have no closers. I, the way that those guys ran decisively and with power following their blocks and hitting the holes for first down Sunday, that's damn near the sexiest thing you're going to see probably out of this offense for a long time, Pats fans. And you know what? I appreciate it. I enjoyed it personally. Okay, yeah. Chris Scheim, I need a pot, not a negative. We'll get no, no, no. negatives. I just want to mention on the offensive line, I think they were pretty good against the Steelers. I will give them pretty good. Um, I'm I'm able to say that. Pretty good. Smile. Um, I still think it was a bad pick, but that's a philosophy thing, so we'll save it for another day. Well, that are, I, performance versus in that argument, because I don't remember people saying Cole Strange couldn't play. Yeah. I believe the criticism was he was taken three rounds too early or two rounds too early. Mm -hmm. I don't ever hearing remember here. Everybody said this guy's probably going to be a good NFL guard. He's got all the attributes. Yep. Well, it was also yeah. creating the need by dealing away Shaq Mason and how many other things from defensive end or especially wide receiver cornerback did we think the Patriots needed at that time? Still do. But anyway, go ahead. Chris Shine, give me a positive baby. Offensive line was pretty good against the Steelers. Two thumbs up. Good job. Uh, my positive is that... Nelson Aguilar might be worth the money. Uh, I, I mean, if he's going to play like he played against Pittsburgh, Didn't Nelson Aguilar becomes worth the money. I know, right? That catch Wow, what a made. refreshing – wow, it's almost like I just bit into like a big piece of mint gum that had a fruit center. I got that like way refreshment there. That 46-yard catch he made was not a great throw by Mac. It was underthrown, no. uh, and a different cornerback might have broken it up. But you want to know what Nelson Aguilar did? He said – I don't care. Reached over the cornerback, snagged it out of the air, and took it to the house. And to Nelson Aguilar, I I I 
tip my hat to you, sir. You had an awesome day. You were the first 100-yard receiver in Mac Jones' career. You showed us why they paid you $11.5 million a year. Uh, was it two off-seasons ago now? Uh, and if you can maintain that, if you can be consistently pretty good like that, you are a top 40 receiver in football. And you know what? Good signing by Belichick. Let me just piggyback on that because I the play was great. Don't, don't get me wrong. Awesome. Great physical play. I think maybe one of the sneaky best part of his parts of his day was he was thrown to six times and he came away with Caught six catches. Six. The efficiency there, yep. because I've seen him be inconsistent on the practice field, be inconsistent with his hands. We know in Philly what they think in terms of the consistency Catch like of his, <laughs> catching the baby coming out a window. Mm -hmm. um, so so his the fact that he was six for six and is averaging 15 yards a catch, which is where you want him to be. Bingo. I think you're 100 percent right. I think. I, I, lightning may strike me. I think you're being a little overly optimistic that um, after all of last Look, year and on the second game of the, his second I'm season. I'm just saying, like, people, people, especially Kyrie Thompson, were kind of pumping up Nelson Aguilar's tires yep. a little bit in the mm -hmm. preseason. And that's why this game kind of not I won't say ultimately validates but begins to validate those people that were pumping him up a little bit and if that continues if that progresses in this same direction now I'm not telling him he has to have a 100 yard game every day or every week but he has to be productive and he has to keep right. consistently be there and be present and if that continues throughout the season he, he could end up being worth the money and it balances out Jacoby Myers who is your possession guy and you just wish you had something more than a possession guy and if Aguilar can be that. Yeah, that'd be huge for the offense. One game in, we'll see if they can do it twice. Do I hear two? Jacoby Myers goes nine for 13 for 95. It would have been glorious if they had 200-yard receivers, but I'll balance it out by this. Devontae Parker still with a catch whoa, whoa, for supposedly whoa, whoa. We're in the portion. Excuse me, I'm not done. Oh. That sounded negative. Blank heads. I was like, I'm excited for the negatives, so just wait. Okay, no, and of course you are. You're, you, you're, you're like, oh, help. Shime's getting hungry. Elf needs food badly. No, if Devontae Parker still only having a catch on the season means that the attention drawn to him allows Aguilar to feed or opens up a little more space for Myers for these guys to be able to make third down catches or go long and maybe take it to the six-point house, then I don't see his lack of production so far as a negative. In fact, I'm fine with it. See, I spun the negative into a positive. How about that shit? Whoa, whoa, unnecessary Jeez. potty mouth. All right, what's your positive, Fitzy? I just Can gave you, you my positive. I yes, I piggybacked off of you, the offensive oh, line and especially yes, and. the I powerful, the opinions. powerful running game. No, oh, no, 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 no. Your own opinions. Okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, yes. Stealing uh, my crap. Uh, anyway, uh, so I guess uh, that means uh, we're gonna go quickly. Uh, Actually, before I move on to the negatives, and I'm sorry that I uh, false started you there, Shime. I know you're, no, you're good. Going I'm, in the negative direction. I have it in the holster. I'm ready He's, to go. Um, the the Parker thing hear it. is fascinating to me that we saw Xavier Howard week one. There was a pick, and I know he wasn't covering him, but a pick to uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, their best defensive back week two. So I don't really know what other teams are looking at because I look at Devontae Parker, who played with Jalen Waddle last year and Mike Gusecki. And Jalen Waddle ca caught a hundred and whatever, five yep. balls as one of the fastest players in the NFL. Even getting the coverage he got last year, Devontae Parker had less separation than any receiver in football for the second straight season. 
I don't really understand why opponents are seemingly treating him like he's a number one receiver. You're peeing on my, you're peeing on my, uh, my negative here, Andy. You're just oh, sorry, but just uh, this is this is more about the opponents. Like I, I agree with you, Fitzy. If they're going to treat him like a number one and <clears throat> give him attention, fine, do it. Fine, do it. But why are you so dumb? Would be my question. Like I don't really. <laughs> and so understand. far, and so far on this <laughs> why season, are you so stupid. And so far in the season, just for uh, for your eggs and benefit, right here, uh, Nelson Aguilar is actually above the league average in terms of yards of separation, and Jacoby Myers is like right at the league average. Kendrick Bourne hasn't really had enough plays to qualify, and Devontae Parker, I think, is at an all-time career low for himself in terms of yards of separation per play. And he's the worst in the NFL entirety for the last two years, and he's already on pace for a career low. Awesome. Awesome. Now, but that's hey, a transition into negativity. So because we're on him, can I uh, go first in the negative uh, comment? That way that way, it won't be as uh, as as bad as we go through. Sean, do you think if I went to the ice cream parlor and I knew how hungry you were, do you think I would deny you being first scoop in the line? Of course not. Yes. Yes, you would. Okay, Sean, what do you got? Get negative. It's what you No, no, no. So here's my thing. Uh, I think Bill Belichick could be setting Mac Jones back for uh, for the long term. And that's specifically because he brought in Devontae Parker um, and is insisting on throwing 50-50 balls, which is – the lamest thing in foot, the stupidest thing in football, in my opinion. And his offensive play calling has been quite possibly the most vanilla offensive play calling in the history of the sport. Um, and I'm talking it, with in the history of the sport. Uh, the wing T was more creative than whatever Matt Patricia has dialed up. Um, so, and specifically because the, the trap that is Devontae Parker is that he claims he wins 80 20 of yes. the 50 50 balls. No, no, no. He wins 20% of the 50 50 balls. Matt, we've seen Mac Jones throw up two of them uh, that have gotten picked. I understand one of them was a penalty, whatever. It didn't end up getting called, blah, blah, blah. Still ended up as a pick. And another end, there, another 50 50 ball that got batted in the air. And if there was any other safeties around, it would have also been a pick. So, He's being lulled into or or told to throw these balls to Devontae Parker, who can't get any separation and stinks. And, and and instead of using guys like Kendrick Bourne, who can get separation and make plays when they're on the field. So ultimately, I don't blame Mac Jones. I blame the coach. I blame the guy in charge and the guy who's bringing in the personnel. And therefore, I believe Bill Belichick is negatively setting back Mac Jones for the future. The regression wow. that Christian Fourier predicted, I think. It's not uh, Mac Jones's fault. Okay, so I think mine is similar, so I'm just going to leap off of yours. Um, I know it's only two weeks into the season, but I don't feel like it's that because a lot of us were predicting and projecting this for months and months and months, so it doesn't feel like it's that early in the, in the process here, to steal their word, the process. Um, mm -hmm. I think we just need to accept this offense is not going to be potent, is not going to score points, cannot win shootouts, cannot trail. I think opening day was a perfect example. When the Dolphins had a lead, they knew it was over. They knew the other team couldn't come back. They didn't need to score points. They didn't need to do anything. The game was over. And this isn't to say the Patriots will not win games. They will win games. We saw them win a game on Sunday. They're one and one. Yep. But the reality is when you watch the rest of, let's just say the AFC, you're not that. You're... You know the old Bill Belichick is playing chess while everybody else plays checkers? I feel mm, like the rest I've of the offenses. Yeah, I know. Mike Irvin. He loves to use it. Um, and then he goes, <laughs> I love it. Um, I feel like I'm watching the rest of the American Football Conference 
play chess and the Patriots can only play checkers with Mac Jones. And this is, this is not a specific indictment of any, I mean, I guess Bill, because Bill told us blame him. He's ultimately responsible for everything. So I guess I would blame Bill, but the reality is they don't have a good scheme. They have offensive coaches that are learning on the fly. This should have been expected. They're barely offensive coaches. And I think the biggest issue, the bottom line, for those of us that were saying trade up for Jamison Williams, you're two years away, go get Mac his special playmaker, get him his Justin Jefferson, get him his Jamar Chase. They still don't have any weapons. I love Ramondre Stevens as mu- Stevenson as much as anybody, but if he's your game-changing weapon, your best you can field, and I think he might be at this point, you're in trouble because he's not that. He is not... Christian McCaffrey uh, in his heyday or, or, or Jonathan or Taylor Tomlinson or like he can't carry you and the rest of the offensive weapons I mean hell you got 25 million dollars worth of tight ends that are doing nothing nothing so I think we just need to accept accept this team as old school you said it shine you know 80 years ago like they're gonna need to run the ball they're going to need to get turnovers. They're going to need to get special teams plays. They're going to need to get breaks. That's just the reality because in a league where some can't teams can decide I'm going to score, some some teams can score 24 points in a quarter, 21 points in a quarter. The Patriots cannot. You are not that.